Welcome in, everybody, to the first edition of Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1 here in the Melton Student Center here at Auburn University. Very excited for you all to be here and super excited to get this show rolling today as it is 11 o'clock and it's time to get started. So first, uh, to start off, just want to talk about what the show is going to be about. I'm Carson Horn, and this show is just going to go through, focus mainly on Auburn sports, uh, but we will have some other things in there. We'll include at the end of the show just some predictions for this weekend. Of course, right now we're in the middle of football season, so that's going to be the main focus of everything right now at the moment. Of course, we'll get to other sports throughout the year. Again, this will be a weekly show every Friday at 11 o'clock. We'll be live here on Weagle 91.1. And then if you're not able to listen live, you can always check it out as a podcast after the show airs live. But let's go ahead and get started. So for you to get to know me a little bit, I want to talk about some favorite Auburn memories and also some painful Auburn memories, uh, just so you can get to know what I'm about. I'm a freshman here at Auburn University. So I'm going to start out with the uh, more painful memories, and then we'll move towards the the more positive just to, to get going here. So I would say the most painful, I'm going to do two because, again, I had a hard time picking these. There, there are plenty of those as, as Auburn fans. We know of that a lot of painful memories, uh, a lot of good ones. But let's start with uh, most painful. And, again, for me, that would be for football, the 2013 National Championship. Everything that happened that year, you just felt like, you know, this was this was going to be it. This is, you know, we, we deserved this, really. And here you are. You're up big at halftime, feeling really good, and then, Florida State leads that uh, leads to come back, and then Kelvin Benjamin catches that pass in the end zone. That that image that's just stuck in everyone's mind. Uh, that w- that was painful, you know. As a I was ten years old, I believe at that time, so uh, nine or ten, sitting, you know, I can remember that night and and uh, just laying in on the floor, just like bawling my eyes out as a kid, you know, just being so so upset about about that loss, and and then. Much more recent, of course, the Final Four loss a few years ago. That one was uh, extremely tough. That was a, such a fun team to watch and uh, really thought that team had it. Of course, the controversial call in that game did not make things any easier whatsoever. So that was those were the two most painful. But, again, a lot of joy came from both those seasons as well, and it's, you have to remember that. Of course, we do see in the kick six literally every Saturday. It's, it's pretty awesome. And again, the, every all the memories that came with that basketball season that made the Final Four and and everything that was obviously a lot of great memories from there. But shifting to more positive note, I the favorite memories uh, coming from Auburn in my time. I tried to pick some that were different, so I didn't want to pick the 2010 national championship. Obviously, uh, that's a, that was great. Could have easily done that. I wanted to do something a little bit different. So for football. I went with the 2017 Iron Bowl, which may be a little bit different than what you expected or kind of one that you may not have in your mind. But the reason I picked that one is that was really a only time that I can really remember in my lifetime, although it had happened before, that Auburn just really dominated Alabama. And Auburn dominated Alabama in that game. I want to say it ended up being like a it was a lower scoring Iron Bowl around 26 to, to 14. But Auburn controlled that game all the way through. Jarrett Stidham had an excellent game. Auburn defense was fantastic. And that game was just a lot of fun. So that's why I kind of went with my favorite memory. I just remember sitting and watching like, man, we're absolutely dominating Alabama. And that's not something that many teams get to say, period. It, Alabama's really 
is hardly ever dominated. So that was a really probably my favorite Auburn memory minus, of course, the 2010 National Championship. And then for basketball, I'm going to go fairly recent. Winning the SEC this year was was very, very enjoyable. Getting to watch Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and that team, it was special and truly never going to see anything else like it. Um, of course, we'll talk more about Auburn basketball and what's to come for them uh, on this show as we get uh, get closer to the season later in the fall. But that's just kind of an introduction of who I am. I'd love for you to to uh, reach out to me on social media, Twitter or Instagram. You can follow me at TalkingTumors. And let me know your favorite Auburn memories or your most painful. Uh, just shout me out there and let me know what you think about that. But with that being said now, let's dive in to the meat of what the show is going to be about today. And that's Auburn football. Auburn football, again, it was a tumultuous offseason. A lot of drama surrounding the program. But this past week, we finally got to watch this team play for the first time. And it was exciting. I was in Jordan-Hare in the student section and it was an electric environment. Of course, we had the rain hit there in the here, here there in the third quarter that kind of dampened the crowd. But the people who stayed, of course, I'm sure the the players and the coaches very much appreciated uh, everyone sticking out if they did for the for the game. But it was fun. It's just fun to watch Auburn football again with everything like I said that happened this off season. It's great to finally just get on the field for that noise to to be gone to just be able to focus on playing. I know it was great for those players to be able to get out there and play. So the recap of the game, just to give a quick synopsis, of course, Auburn won big, went up 28 to nothing, uh, scored on pretty much every drive there to uh, start the game, and then had a little bit of a little bit of drama there. You had uh, T.J. Finley threw a couple interceptions. Mercer put some points on the board. The game was never in doubt. Auburn controlled it all the way through. And but there was a lot of question marks that came out of it. There was a lot of excitement, I think. But, again, always when these early in the season, the first uh, things that are co- going to come out of these games are going to be questions. And that, that's how it should be because your first game should not be the best game you play all year. There should be room for improvement in every game that you play. And that was, that was the case here with this one. Obviously, the biggest question mark for everyone is going to be the quarterback situation. T.J. Finley started this game for Auburn. But Robbie Ashford played a lot of snaps, more snaps than I think most people expected. And so that opens up the question more well, is T.J. Finley still your starting quarterback? Is he not? T.J. Finley, all, everything that we've heard from um, Brian Harson is the expectation is T.J. Finley will start again this uh, weekend for, for Auburn. But I think you're also going to see Robbie Ashford. I think he'll play plenty. Uh, Coach Harson made a comment discussing that it it could you know the expectation for some people may be that hey it'll be like 50-50 that may not necessarily be the case of the snaps but I think you get something special out of, out of both quarterbacks I think T.J. Finley's command of the offense is is a very very important aspect that's something as fans that we can't see we as fans don't can't necessarily see what all goes into pre-snap, post-snap, in the huddle, getting the right play, getting out of the wrong uh, out of the wrong play into what's going to best set you up for success. We can only see the results. And so we don't know exactly what all goes into it. And so we don't know exactly is can Robbie Asher do the same things that TJ Finley is able to do regarding command the offense. And that's something that's going to be interesting to watch moving forward here for Auburn. But I think you're going to see both players and you can't Help, but be amazed though by the 
uh, athleticism of Robbie Ashford and what he brings to the table. But a lot of people I know have this feeling about a two-quarterback situation. You know, the, as the saying goes, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. While that's true, a lot of times it's not necessarily always true. Brian Harson in the past at Boise State has played with two quarterbacks and has had, had success doing so. And I just think to, to Michigan, uh, last year played two quarterbacks, Kay McNamara um, was the starter, but they played two quarterbacks, and uh, McCarthy played as well. And they made the college football playoff, uh, beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten. So, yes, you can be successful doing it. It's not easy. It, I would say that. I think it makes the the game plan a lot more difficult. It, it makes it a lot more difficult on the head coach deciding when this player should go in, when this quarterback should go in, what situations. You've got to have confidence in both guys, and you can't be predictable. A lot of times, of course, when you get in this two-quarterback situation, it's one guy's your passer, one guy's your runner. That can get that can be predictable, but it can also be an advantage because it forces other teams to have to, have to prepare for two different styles. So it can be challenging, but it most definitely can work. I'm very intrigued to see how this two-quarterback situation goes because this week against San Jose State because really you want to have this situation figured out because you're going to be coming back uh, next week and you're going to be playing against a um, Penn State team who who you're, you're looking for a little revenge against. And so this will be important this week to figure out this quarterback situation. My expectation is if you're starting T.J. Finley this week, he's going to start again against Penn State. I don't expect the first and your first um, start if you're Robbie Ashford to be against Penn State. So my expectation going forward is that you'll see T.J. Finley start this week and next week. But again, getting the feel, getting comfortable with how this two-quarterback situ- situation is going to work, it's going to be very important to figure out before you get to the Penn State game next week. So again, that's that's obviously the biggest question mark um, that I think most fans are most interested in, and we're just not going to have an answer on this situation until we get closer um, to the um, farther into the season, closer to this Penn State game. But it'll be something to look out for. But with that being said, it's time for us to take our first break. We'll have more breakdown, more recap that I want to get into on this um, Mercer game before we get into the San Jose State uh, game later on in the show. But again, plenty more to come, more about things I like, what I dislike, things that uh, looks like Auburn needs to improve on as we continue on the show. So I hope you'll stay tuned in. Again, we'll be right back after this short break. And welcome back to Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1. So now let's dive into things I like, things I, I dislike. Let's start with the dislikes again as we dove into the quarterback situation already. So I'm not going to talk much more about that until we get into the game preview of San Jose State. But as far as uh, dislikes or things really that I just was a little, you could say, disappointed about or things I had higher expectations for, i start with the secondary. Look, the secondary you lost uh, an excellent, I mean, complete shutdown corner last year in Roger McCreary. But I thought the recruiting and the, between the recruiting and the returning players with the secondary, I was very excited to see this group. But honestly, I thought Mercer's receivers had a better night, and Mercer had a better night in the passing game than I than I expected them to have. Also, there were no turnovers. I know Coach Harson has hit on that, that he wants to see uh, more of that coming. 
I think the secondary is going to be fine, though. Again, guys like Nehemiah Pritchett and, and, and guys like Jalen Simpson and guys like Donovan Kaufman. Of course, Keontae Scott, we saw him play. Uh, we didn't see as much rotation as I expected to see out of the secondary or the D-line, but we'll get to that here in a bit. But I, I want to see more from the secondary. I want to see them become locked down. Are, are we going to have a lockdown corner like Roger again? It's, those are hard shoes to fill. But I feel like this defensive backroom is veteran between transfers and returning players that I believe this, this secondary can become a strength of this team. It wasn't the case, though, against Mercer. Again, they weren't bad. I'm nitpicking to an, to an extent. I just have high expectations, so I expected a little bit more out of the secondary. But you're going to face some extremely talented wide receiver rooms in the SEC this year. And so it's going to be important for this group to be strong and again, I believe overall, for this Auburn team to be successful this year, the defense is going to have to be one of the best in the SEC. I, I think the strength of this team is the defense, and so it's going to have to improve each and every week, and there's going to be different challenges each and every week for this defense. But I look for the secondary uh, to improve. I, I also think they were probably playing a little bit bland. It was week one. They didn't want to get into anything too complicated as far as uh, scheme goes, and so that could have had to do with it a little bit. But I think you'll see them play more aggressive, maybe play some more man, um, maybe even some press man this week against uh, San Jose State, but get into that uh, a little bit later on. But So secondary is something I was kind of disliked, a little disappointed in, so I'd like to see better play out of the secondary this week. Again, nitpicking, but because of the expectations I have, for this secondary is why. And then going into staying on the defense side of the ball, like I said, the defense is going to have to be a strength for this team this year. The lack of sacks. It wasn't an extremely athletic quarterback from Mercer. But there was a lack of sacks. There was pressure. There was pressure by Derek Hall, Iku Leota, but there were, uh, weren't sacks made. Now, again, there's caveats to that too. And this game was... Uh, a lot of quick uh, quick passes from Mercer. You saw him getting, getting the ball out quick. But still, there are opportunities there. There are times where the quarterback did uh, escape pressure. So getting sacks is going to be extremely important for this Auburn D-line. I like this Auburn defensive line a lot. Uh, I love the, the edge rushers that this team has. I love the interior. I really think this D-line can, can become the best in the SEC and that's no joke. I know there's talented D-lines out there, but I fully believe this Auburn defensive line has the chance to be the best. But getting the quarterback down, not just getting there. Yes, pressure disrupts. Yes, pressure can force a quarterback to make a bad throw. But there's nothing like getting the quarterback to the ground. Getting sacks is going to be very, very important for this um, Auburn team this year. So I, I was a little disappointed in the, the lack of of that in this game, so I look for that to improve this week against San Jose State. Again, you want to see Derek Hall and Leota. I know both have high uh, goals that they set for the amount of sacks that they want this year. That's a dynamic duo, and uh, going to need to see them really uh, come together this year for Auburn to be successful. And then moving towards the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line had some misassignments. Look, I played offensive line in high school. My knowledge is still, of course, very limited compared to the, uh, to, to theirs. And uh, the stuff they run, I'm sure, is a lot more complex than what I ran in high school. But week one, 
That's not necessarily a surprise to have some missed assignments, but those are things that you're going to have to have cleaned up, especially come Penn State week here uh, next Saturday. Those are things you cannot have. So, But Tate Johnson, I want to talk about him and just brag on him a little bit. Uh, Nick Brahms talked about him, of course. Nick Brahms, a longtime center for Auburn, had to retire before the season. Due to health issues, Tate Johnson stepped in there, and he played an outstanding game. Center, I played center, so I'm a little bit uh, biased towards centers, but I thought he played outstanding. And, and you're in control of the offensive line. You've got to make sure everything's set right. You've got to make adjustments if needed for the offensive line in the blocking scheme. I thought he played well, but I thought at other positions, Auburn had some missed assignments as far as uh, in, in the run blocking uh more, uh, most specifically, but also just a little bit of missing blocks on second level. Second level blocking is so crucial, and I, and I don't think second level blocking, again, I'm getting excited talking about offensive line. Uh, it's exciting for me. It may not be for others, but it is crucial to a three-yard gain versus an eight-yard gain, and you saw that some. You saw some uh, tank runs that were more than eight yards, and some of that had to do with him more than the offensive line, but again, when you're running right up the middle, you get to the second level. You get a hat on those linebackers. You take a three-yard gain and turn it into an eight-yard gain, especially in, in a zone scheme. And so I really think staying on those blocks on the second level, not just getting there, but getting there and staying on them can really open up some big gaps. Yes, you've got to move the D-line first, but getting to that next level. And really the missed assignments has to do with, okay, when do I get off this double team? So I started out on this double team. When do I shift off to the linebacker? And so getting the feel and the timing of that is hard to do in practice and game speed is just different. It is. You you can try to emulate it as, as much as possible in practice, but game is going to be different. So I think with time, that will improve for this Auburn offensive line. So again, that was something I was a little uh, that I disliked, not necessarily disappointed in. That's that's typical for, for week one, but something that definitely needs to improve that and staying on assignments for an Auburn offensive line, and that's going to get better. Again, you talk about things that are going to be important for this team. The offensive line, uh, again, this Auburn team's got talented running backs, but they can't go anywhere without those holes being opened up. The offensive line will determine a long, will determine a lot in how the season goes this year. And also, T.J. Finley's back there at quarterback, not as it, uh, as mobile as some as some QBs. So, being able to protect him is going to be vital for success for Auburn this year. All right, let's shift to the likes. There's a lot of things to like in this game. I'm going to start with Cam Riley. How about that? Look, I played against Cam Riley in high school. I'm super, super excited to see him go out here and succeed like he like he's did last Saturday against Mercer, and that's huge. Look, he's got humongous shoes to fill, to fill Kobe McClain's shoes, and that's not going to be possible. But, man, he certainly made it look like it is. Uh, with the way he played, I mean, he was flying across the field, one end to the other, double-digit tackles, had more tackles in the Mercer game than he had all of last season. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That's pretty That's pretty amazing right there. And I expect that to continue. That's going to be big. Linebackers uh, was a question mark for, for Auburn going into the season. Of course, Papo returning, getting him back healthy is huge. That veteran leadership. But it was a question mark uh, replacing McLean, and right now Cam Riley seems to be up to the task. That was very impressive showing from him. Uh, he's going to need to continue to do that. He he changed his body type to try to put him in the best position to win. He's going to face 
better offensive lineman. Guys, do it, again, I just talked about they're going to be able to get up to the second level and put a hat on hat, being able to blow through those blocks and uh, blow up the play are going to be important, but also being able to um, cover. It's going to be more challenging. Again, that's something I'll be look for, looking forward to watching this week as we get into the San Jose State preview here in a minute. How does Cam Riley do in coverage? Again, didn't have to do a lot of coverage this week against uh, this past week against Mercer. That'll be something to watch as well. But staying on just what I liked, uh, he he was he was fantastic again. Very excited to see him play finally after a couple years here at Auburn. And then another uh, positive: the running backs. Man, uh, Tank Bigsby was awesome. He let's see what his rushing was in this game: 147 yards on 16 carries. Two touchdowns, and remember he had arguably his most impressive run was called back due to a holding call. He looked really, really good. Something that I noticed about him is his patience. Uh, I know that there were some complaints last year that he wasn't patient enough with some of the holes. He really waited for things to develop. He looked explosive. He looked faster. Very, very good. And that's not to mention Jarquez Hunter, who also looked very good. He had eight carries for 34. Four yards. He had three touchdowns uh, early on. It's like, man, need, you know, Tatum's getting us down the field. Jarquez was getting the carries on the goal line. It's like it's time for Tate to get some love. Man, Jarquez is great. That one-two punch is very, uh, very, very impressive. One of the best in the SEC. One of the best in the country, if we're if we're being honest. And so that was fun to see that group. And then let's not forget about Damari Austin, the true freshman who really looks to have that running back three spot. He came in there. And uh, looked looked really talented. Looked explosive uh, running the football. Excited to see more of him this season. How many carries he'll get going forward, I'm not sure. I think he'll still get a a, a, a couple this week against San Jose State. And again, continue for him just being able to continue to get more comfortable in the system and hopefully be able to get some get some carries uh, to give Tank and Jarquez some breathers this, this season in meaningful games will be important for him. And then... I would say I loved, of course, uh, Robbie Ashford. Liked what he brought to the scene. Was very explosive. Again, we didn't get to see much of him passing the football yet. Hopefully, we'll get to see uh, more of that going forward. But I liked what I saw out of him in, in this game, and very excited to see how he continues to develop uh, this season. And but most importantly, probably what I liked the most was the the Robbie and Ashford, uh, Robbie and Ashford, Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley play where they were both in there at the same time. I you know, noticed it pre-snaps. Oh, they're both out there. Then the 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 motion uh, and then the option play that came off of it. I mean that was beautiful. When I tell you, I was absolutely fired up about that play. It was uh, it was very very exciting. And so that play I really liked. I know there's some question marks like hey, why do you you know why do you show that play so soon? Uh, why would why would you show that play against Mercer and and what's you know quote unquote cupcake game? But there there's there's also a benefit to showing that one you go ahead and put it on film so you make teams go ahead and have to prepare for both quarterbacks being out there at the same time. There's so many things that you can run off of that. Auburn ran a um, speed option off of that you know tossed it to Robbie and then Robbie ran the, the speed option there. But you could also run a, you know, fake the fake the motion, throw it to Robbie back backwards, and then he can throw a forward pass. Um, you can do a handoff, just jet sweep type of uh, type of deal there to Ashford. Um, you can do 
a number of things, and I think you'll definitely see Auburn come back to that play. Wouldn't necessarily expect them to come back to that play this week against San Jose State, but definitely down the road, maybe at Penn State, maybe you need it in conference play. It'll definitely come back, and it could be that exact same form, but it could come back in in different ways. But uh, that was super, super fun. I mean, I was... I, I was pretty uh, hype about that play. I, I can't lie. That was that was really cool. And then just to summarize, man, what I like, I like getting an, a, a, a dub in week one. Again, never take anything for granted. I don't think uh, Auburn fans will after the Georgia State scare last week. It was great to get the win. That's positive, especially, again, like I mentioned at the top of the top of the hour, when with all the drama that took place this offseason, just to get back out there, just to be able to play Auburn football again in front of a, a packed-out Jordan-Harris Stadium. It was just great to be able to, to see the fans back in the stadium, see the eagle fly, and to be able to win the football game in a decisive fashion with the game never being in doubt. Uh, that was great. I like that a lot. And I'm very much looking forward to hopefully many more wins to come this year in Jordan-Harris Stadium again. Five straight home games. Uh, for Auburn, this is going to be how Auburn does in these first five games will p- play a big role in probably how the season ends up going. You, if Auburn goes 5-0 and in these first five weeks and you're looking at probably a pretty successful season, the schedule's going to get more challenging down the road, but you're setting yourself up for success. You start out 3-2, and two, makes things a lot more difficult on you. Uh, so it's going to be very big, again, and you want to see Auburn come out this week against San Jose State. You want to see them come out, play the same way they did uh, against Mercer as far as starting out hot, you, but you'd like to see some things cleaned up going forward. But we're gonna, about to dive into this San Jose State game coming up right after this next break. A lot to break down the San Jose's, uh, in the San Jose State game. I'm going to look at things that, that i like to see uh, Auburn improve on, things that... Um, Players that I'd be on the lookout for this week. A lot of that to come. Also, a little bit of a breakdown on what San Jose State's all about. Some of their key players and matchups to watch this week. All that will be coming up after the break. Uh, so stay tuned. And again, we're getting into segment four. If you're a, a non-Auburn fan listener, got some great things talking about some other games there in segment four for this weekend. So make sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Weagle 91.1. You're listening to Talking Tumors. Welcome back to Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1. It's time to talk about this week's game tomorrow. We are a little over 24 hours away from kickoff. It'll be here at Jordan-Hare Stadium here in Auburn at 6.30. It'll also be airing on ESPNU. The San Jose State team is coming off a week one victory as well over Portland State. But to be honest, Portland State outplayed them. San Jose State really struggled. Really, the reason they won this football game is because they won the turnover battle two to nothing, which, if you think about it, Auburn did lose turnover battle against Mercer. So winning turnover battle is typically vitally important to winning football games. And so I'm sure San Jose State will look to do the same to try to turn over, turn Auburn over in this game. But this matchup is an intriguing one because Auburn's going to be facing a a different team than they faced in Mercer. They're going to be facing a very talented and athletic quarterback in Siobhan Cordero. He's a transfer QB from Hawaii. Very, very, uh, had a very successful career there with, at Hawaii, but everything that happened, of course, with their uh, coaching change this past offseason, he transferred out to San Jose State. 
and he likes to run around, and he, uh, he's got a good arm. And San Jose State really wants to spread you out. They're going to run a lot of four wide receiver sets, and they're going to throw the football. They really struggled. They have 47 yards rushing in in this past game. They really struggled to run the ball um, against Portland State. So I really expect them to continue to try to open it up on Auburn. They're going to see some of the success that I talked about earlier that Mercer had throwing the football, and I think they'll try to emulate that and try to to create some mismatches if they can. But Auburn has more talent at the end of the day. So I think Auburn should be fine in this game. But again, the biggest keys, I will say, for Auburn stopping San Jose State from the defensive side of the ball uh, contain the quarterback. Again, I mentioned earlier, sacks are going to be very important uh, for this Auburn defense. So getting to the quarterback but containing him. He's athletic. He's going to want to scramble. They're going to have designed runs for him as well. Again, when you're, they're going to struggle to run the ball between the tackles. So they're going to have to have designed runs for the quarterback. They're going to have to be able to just let him make plays over his feet. So not only getting pressure, but there's a difference between getting pressure and contain because you can get pressure and you can have the quarterback run all over. You saw that a little bit with LSU. If you watched LSU-Florida State game, how Jaden Daniels was evading pressure, scrambled for a lot of yards. Florida State was getting pressure on him, but he was scrambling all over the place. So there's a difference of getting in and containing him. I'm sure Auburn has worked on that this week. So keeping him in the pocket, but also sacking him. He was sacked seven, get this, seven times by Portland State is not going to look good for Auburn if Auburn does not have some sacks. If Derek Hall, Iku Leota, and others do not come up with sacks this week after he got sacked seven times by Portland State. But I am sure this Auburn defensive line is licking their chops fired up uh, at the chance to to get after Siobhan Cordero. But like I said, he's very athletic, so he can escape the pocket. He can make things happen with his legs. So getting him to the ground is going to be very important for this Auburn defense. And then, like I said, talked about secondary earlier with a spread uh, type of offense. A lot of four wide receiver sets. Linebackers are going to be put into more pass coverage situations. So how to Cam Riley, how, how does Owen Papo, how do they respond to having to be in more coverage situations? How does the secondary respond to more passing situations? I'm very interested. I want to see one-on-one matchups. Yes, I think Auburn run mostly zone, but I do want to see some man-to-man. I want to see these Auburn DBs in man-to-man. They're more athletic. I want to see them dominate these receivers. So I'm very much looking forward uh, to that, uh, watching this defense. I'm honestly probably more excited to see this Auburn defense this week than I am the offense, which I think most people be like, well, with the quarterback situation as it is currently, maybe more excited to see how the offense is going, but that's not the case. I want to see the defense, how they adjust, how they handle uh, an athletic quarterback, because you know in the SEC, man, you're going to you're gonna deal with an athletic quarterback pretty much every single week, a guy who can't escape the pocket, a guy who can run, so this will be a good test early on in week two, seeing a more mobile and athletic QB. Now, as far as the uh, offense goes, what this San Jose State defense is going to bring, again, San Jose State defense played well, and they created two turnovers. They, they run an odd front, which means they're going to have three down linemen for the most part, a true nose guard. So I talked about Tate Johnson earlier. In most all-run schemes, he is going to be – soloed up on the nose so he's going to have a chance to have a big week or have a tough week if he's not able to handle him Auburn's going to have 
uh, a size advantage, though. These guys are going to be they're going to be bigger than Mercer's defensive line, but Auburn will have the size advantage still over these guys. So the odd front it, it creates a little bit different in in the blocking scheme. It's, things will be a little bit different than you would tra- uh, facing an even front. So how you run your your zone schemes, but this should make getting to the second level a little bit easier. Um, at least from my experience, in in the odd front, it makes things a little bit more simple getting to the uh, second level than even front does. Being able to go, sometimes you're able to just go straight up to the linebacker. So hopefully, as I talked about earlier, seeing some improvement there with the offensive line and getting to the next level. Uh, so I'll be excited to see. How, how that works this week for this offense. But these are some bigger linebackers than you faced at Mercer, bigger, bulky, around 250 type guys. So these are going to be some dudes at linebacker, not going to be the quickest, so Auburn should have an advantage. The receivers should be excited if they get matched up on a linebacker. Tight ends should be excited if they get matched up on a linebacker. I think Auburn will look to exploit that. It's an advantage in the passing game. It's a disadvantage in the running game to have bigger linebackers. But Auburn's going to have the speed advantage. Getting to the edge, these linebackers are going to have a have harder time getting edge to edge. And then receivers, look for those matchups. Receivers and tight ends, look for those matchups where they can get on these linebackers because they can make things happen. So Auburn definitely tried to take advantage of that. But in the run game, this offense line is going to have to bring their big boy pants when blocking these linebackers um, this week. And they also have veteran edge rushers. Uh, so with T.J. Finley back there, again, less mobile. Uh, the tackles are going to have to step up. Troxel and Zaire really uh, have to step up. I-, I thought they played fairly well um, last last week, but they're going to have to step up in the passing game, make sure to protect. That's Both both these edge rushers and these big linebackers are both veteran guys. They're seniors, juniors and seniors. Um, so experience, they're going to know the game. They're going to know San Jose State defense pretty well. So it's going to be important for the offensive line to have a big week this week. As is always the case, always the trenches or where games are won and lost. It's always going to be important uh, for this um, Auburn offensive line to play well. Those are some of the key things to to look out for as far as matchup goes. But again, overall, like I said, this Auburn team has more talent. They have the advantage at pretty much every single position on the field. And so I look for Auburn to really take control of this game, and they're going to need to do just that. They need to they need to dominate this game from start to finish. You want to see a lot of three and outs. And again, the big things that you want to see um, improved upon, like I already mentioned, things I want to see improved upon, but I think that to reiterate some things Coach Harson has said, things you didn't see last week that you want to see this week, I think turnovers and sacks if you're the defense. Turnovers, sacks. Clean some things up in the secondary, obviously, but those two things are going to be huge. You're going to have plenty of opportunities for interceptions and sacks this week. They're going to um, San Jose State is going to throw the football a lot, so the opportunity is going to be there for both those things. Want to see that? I love to see seven sacks. That would be great. That's not easy to do. I know well, Portland State did it. You should be able to do it. it. It depends on the game, the situation. So seven sacks is a lot. Um, I believe that's how many times Bryce Young was sacked in the Iron Bowl. So um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it would take a lot to be able to do that. But it would be awesome if the defense was able to do that. But turnovers, I'd like to see at least one interception, maybe a fumble recovery, force the issue, go after the ball, be aggressive, especially in a game like this where you should be in control. Don't be afraid to go and try to make a play on the ball. I'd like to see that from the defense, and then from the offense. 
I want to see this Auburn team run the ball effectively on this odd front. And I think it's going to be very important. This should set up well, I think, for Auburn's run game. But you're against bigger backers, so that, like I said, creates a challenge. So I want to see Auburn run the football really well this week, more so than anything in the passing game. But also, I want to see the tight ends get more involved. We didn't see, really didn't see much of Landon King last week. Um, John uh, Samuel Shanker had a, had the touchdown reception. Um, but I'd li- I like to see the tight ends, Luke Deal, uh, get more involved this week. I'd like to see more of the younger receivers. We didn't see much of Camden Brown. I was expecting to see more of him. Didn't see a ton of rotation there. I think you'll see more. Uh, Coach Harson even said so last night on Tire Talk. There, there are more plays put in place this week for the freshmen. So I'd like to see more out of, out of those guys uh, this week. So those are some things I'd look forward to to seeing in this game out of Auburn. But again, very much looking forward to this matchup. And one final thing I'll hit on that I've seen written in some articles this week is the advantage of San, uh, Jose State's head coach Brent Brennan knowing Brian Harson. The fact that San Jose State and Boise State play each other uh, plenty um, during Brian Harson's tenure. But people were mentioning it as an advantage to San Jose State, but not in the reciprocal. And if it's an advantage to San Jose State, then it should be an advantage to Brian Harson that he knows the way San Jose State does things. So I think that's a little bit uh, blown out of proportion. I don't see that as being an advantage for San Jose State because I think it, uh, you know, these two things, uh, even they even out whenever you say, yeah, Brian Harson knows about San Jose State as well, just as much as Brennan knows about Harson. So I don't see that as being an advantage. So I just want to discuss that because I've seen multiple articles on that. I really think that just has to do more with. Uh, reporters needing something something to write about during a uh, a cupcake week, but I think Auburn's going to be just fine. Again, you never you never want to go into these games sleepwalking. Um, hopefully, with it being six thirty, another night game at Jordan Hare Stadium, that the environment's going to be good. I think the players will be excited and they'll be uh, looking forward to, to to getting things rolling in this game. But I'll, I'll do an official prediction. I want to close out the. The show with that, so I'm not going to do that here. So we're going to wait. But coming up here, we're about to take our uh, second to last break. But coming up in segment four, we're going to have other game predictions. So shifting off of Auburn for just a little bit to talk about some other games. This is a really, a really exciting week too. So a lot of fun matchups to predict. A lot of fun games coming up this week. So I'm looking forward to that. So talk. I'll talk a little bit about those games coming up right after the break. So stay tuned to Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1. Welcome back to Talking Tumors here on Weagle 91.1. It's time for our final segment of this first show. I hope you've all enjoyed the show so far. I know I've uh, had a blast here. But let's dive into some games that I'm looking forward to this weekend that uh, don't pertain to Auburn that should be some exciting and fun matchups. I'm going to start out with Louisville at UCF. This is tonight, Friday night. I believe around a 6 or 6.30 kickoff. Uh, former, of course, former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn uh, coaching now at UCF. UCF coming off a week one victory. Louisville lost their first game to Syracuse, and really that was a, a fairly substantial upset. Uh, a lot of high expectations for this Louisville team this year, and Syracuse really shut down this offense, and this offense was expected to be pretty dynamic. Again, Malik Cunningham, it feels like he's been at Louisville for forever now. And I have him on my college fantasy team, so I, I know for a fact that he uh, he struggled a little bit, and this offense for Louisville struggled a little bit 
in in week one. So we'll see if they can get it back going. But again, this is an exciting UCF team with Ole Miss transfer John Rice Plumley as the quarterback for UCF. And Gus Malzahn kind of going more back to his roots with a, a runner at quarterback. Uh, I think this UCF team is going to have a successful season at home against Louisville. I think this one, though, I think Louisville's offense gets going. but And so I think it's going to be a competitive game. But I think UCF pulls this one out. But I do think Louisville kind of gets out of their funk that they were in week one against Syracuse offensively. And I think they play a lot better. But still like UCF to outscore Louisville in a high-scoring, fun kind of Friday night uh, barn burner type of matchup. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching this one tonight and really to start off the weekend on the on the right foot. Uh, of course, a big one taking place. Uh, college game day will be here for this one. Alabama at Texas. It's really not as much as a prediction on this one as it is, can Texas even make this game competitive? And my answer is no. I really do not think they can. They're not to that point yet that they have the talent to match Alabama. This talent is just too much at Alabama this year. They, um, this Alabama team is completely loaded. They are every year, but even I feel like even more so this year. And I just don't think Texas has the dudes yet to compete with Alabama. I think Sarkeesian can get Texas there. Uh, I don't think uh, Quinn Ewers is ready for this moment either. And I think Alabama blows them out. I could see maybe the first quarter being close. Um, just because the environment's going to be good. It'll be it'll be loud. It'll be fun. Uh, it's an 11 o'clock kickoff, which isn't great for Texas, in my opinion. Uh, better for Alabama, I think. But I, I think this will be a, a good environment. So first quarter could be close. But after that, I really think uh, Alabama takes off with this game. I don't think Texas can keep up with them scoring. And I certainly don't think Texas can stop them. Their only chance to stay competitive in this game is to score with them. And I, I don't think they can do that. So I like Alabama big. I think the line's around 20. Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised it's uh, not more than that because I really think uh, Alabama will, will definitely cover that uh, in this game. Another intriguing uh, matchup, this is an SEC game, South Carolina at Arkansas. Spencer Rattler had the worst QBR out of all SEC quarterbacks in week one, surprisingly. They played Georgia State. So again, Auburn fans we know, um, about Georgia State <laughs> from last year, like I mentioned earlier. They they won the game convincingly, but uh, Spencer Rattler didn't have his best game. South Carolina, again, I love Shane Beamer. I love what he's doing there. I think he's going to get this program on the right foot. They're still building, though. So, yes, I still think Spencer Rattler is a Heisman-level uh, talent. No, I don't think he's a Heisman contender this year. He's a Heisman-level talent, but the talent on that South Carolina roster is not quite where it needs to be. But you've got a great player. That's sometimes all you need. And Arkansas coming off a very intense and a huge Week 1 game playing against Cincinnati last week at home. Is there a letdown? I believe this is 11 o'clock kickoff. There could be a letdown. So this is a very, very, this is your typical trap game if you're an Arkansas fan. Arkansas has got a brutal schedule this year. We always talk about Auburn's schedule being brutal, and it is, but Arkansas is truly brutal, and to have an SEC game, I, even if it is against South Carolina after a week one game against Cincinnati, that's not easy, and so I think this game's close. I really do, but I do think Arkansas pulls it out at home. KJ Jefferson makes some plays there at the end, but I think this one goes down to the wire, but you talk about a big win 
for Shane Beamer, this would be it. This would be a huge win for South Carolina and Shane Beamer. But I, I like Arkansas to pull this one out. Uh, close game to the end, but I'm going to go Razorbacks in this one. Now, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. I'll tell you what, you know, Clark Lee was was pretty bold <laughs> at, at uh, SEC uh, Media Days talking about, you know, Vanderbilt's going to become the premier college, but they looked very much improved. You know, he he's had to establish his culture. It was a shock, I think, to Vanderbilt last year, the culture change that happened between uh, Derek Mason and then Clark Lee coming in there. But they looked good, got a big win against Hawaii week one. They won again this past week. Their offense is what's been impressive. Uh, and so that's going to continue uh, to need to improve each and every week. But they're going to face a Wake Forest team who people have a lot of high expectations for this season. Those expectations dropped when the news about Sam Hartman came out and the fact that he was going to be you know, not able to play for, for some time. But turns out he only had to miss a week. And he's going to be playing this week. So I'm sorry to Vanderbilt fans, but with Sam Hartman coming back, the excitement that's going to be around this Wake Forest program, I don't see it being a, an easy an easy matchup for uh, Vanderbilt. I think Wake Forest comes in to to Nashville, and they and they take care of business. I think Sam Hartman's going to go off, and he's going to play really well. And this Wake Forest team, the hype, the hype will uh, be back for Wake Forest and the noise that they can possibly make in the ACC. So I like Wake Forest. Uh, pretty big against Vanderbilt in this one. Now, App State at Texas A&M. I think we all saw what went down with App State and North Carolina. Uh, I think Auburn fans were a lot of Auburn fans were paying attention to that game too because of Gene Chizik taking over as North Carolina's defensive coordinator. And well, things didn't quite go well for Gene Chizik uh, as North Carolina's DC in his first game. They gave up over 60 points and App State nearly won that game uh, against North Carolina. They're a dangerous team. I think Texas A&M knows that. Look, I, I'm always pretty uh, critical of Texas A&M. I, I always think they're overrated. I think Haynes King is, is, is a solid quarterback. I don't think he's anything special. I also don't think that the recruiting class is going to necessarily equate to a national championship contender this year. I think they it will eventually at Texas A&M if they continue to recruit at this level. They're, they're going to be there, but it takes development, even a five-star. So a lot of times we expect five-stars to immediately come in, and sometimes they do, but they still need development just like any other uh, any other high school players coming into college. So I think A&M's going to have a, a, a good season to the level some expect. No, I don't. But I think they win this game against App State because no longer is App State really a trap game. People know what App State brings to the table. They, they're, they've been one of the best teams in the Sun Belt consistently for the last few years. So the, it's no longer like they were back in 2007, I believe, when they beat uh, Michigan for the first time. They That was a huge upset then. Everyone knows what they're about. a and going to be ready. A&M wins this game. I believe A&M will cover. And so I like the Aggies in this one. So now Tennessee at Pitt. Look, this was this this game is very very uh, exciting. Look, you got um, this Tennessee Hendon Hooker versus Keaton Slovis, Pittsburgh. Still a lot of high expectations for them again this year. A lot of expectations that they might be able to return to and uh, the the level that they were at last year with Kenny Pickett, and they certainly looked solid against West Virginia in that um, uh, week one last uh, Thursday. 
But how do they play at home against Tennessee? They had a great crowd. I know they're going to have a great crowd again this week for Tennessee coming into town. There's high expectations for Josh Heupel in this Tennessee team. A lot of people have the belief that Tennessee has a chance to uh, go out there and compete for possibly even the SEC East this year and to come up uh, and challenge Georgia. This is going to tell you a lot about Tennessee. Can they go on the road? Can they go up north on the road? And can they go in and beat Pittsburgh? I'm going to say they can. I think they get it done. I have high expectations for this Tennessee team. They're going to score points. This game is destined to be a shootout, I believe. So I like Tennessee in a shootout in this one. Can they get the stops they need? I think they will be able to, and the Vols will get the win. Kentucky at Florida. i got to start going quick here on these last couple of picks. I like Kentucky in this game. I know people are fired up about Florida. They jump way into the AP rankings, I believe, all the way up to 12 after their win over Utah. That win over Utah was impressive. I won't deny that. But I think Kentucky, today I believe it's a four-year anniversary of when Kentucky won in Gainesville uh, for the first time in however many years that was. It was a long time. And I think they win in Gainesville again on, on Saturday night. I think Florida coming off the Utah win, coming off the – the big bump in the rankings. How do you handle success? This is going to be a big challenge in just the second game of the Billy Napier era here at Florida. That's why this game is so intriguing. How, you know, he's got to make sure his team is able to handle success. They did it well at Louisiana. This is a different group of guys. How are they going to handle this? I think Kentucky, like Kentucky, go, go to the season, a lot of hype around them. Now it's oh, all the hypes to Florida. I think that play with an extra chip on their shoulder. Like, okay, you know, you, you hyped us up early in the season. Now you, now you don't want to hype us up because they beat Utah in week one. Okay, you know, and I think Kentucky plays really well. It's not going to be an easy game. It's in the swamp. The environment's going to be great. But because of Florida's win last week, I like Kentucky in this game. I think Will Levis plays really well. But, again, Kentucky still with some guys suspended, well, or held out. They're not giving a reason, but I, I do believe it's due to suspensions. Uh, especially Chris Rodriguez, that's a big deal for Kentucky. Nonetheless, I like them in this game. Now, our last non-Auburn game here, Mississippi State at Arizona. Mississippi State going to play a late-night game all the way out of Arizona. Uh, Arizona's got a new head coach this year. Uh, He's instituting a new culture there. This Mike Leach show going back out west. Obviously, he was at Washington State before he came to Mississippi State. This should be a fun uh, fun game to watch late at night after the after the Auburn game. I'm going to go Mississippi State in this one. I think Will Rogers plays well, and I like the Bulldogs in this one. And to finish out, I do want to put a prediction out there for the Auburn-San Jose State game. Of course, I like Auburn in this game, and I'm going to go with a 45-10 to 10 final here for Auburn. I think the, the defense improves. I think you see improvement all the way around. I'm really, to be honest, not sure what you're going to see at the quarterback situation. Again, besides that both will play, will we get more of an answer? I'm not real sure, but I think Auburn will will have no problem with San Jose State and they'll win this game 45-10. to So I thank you all for, for tuning in today and listening to Talking Tumors. The first edition uh, really enjoyed uh, getting to uh, do this show today, and I hope that you all tune in. Uh, next Friday at 11 here on Weagle 91.1. Make sure to tune in again next Friday at 11 for another edition. Also, make sure to check out Weagle's 24-hour live stream on WeagleFM.com and follow us on social media at Weagle underscore AU. 
War Eagle and see you next time.